Good evening, everybody. We are here on the seventh day of this tenth month with the Q and A. Suddenly, right? You know how we began this day and how we are ending. Things honestly have changed. There is suddenly war in the Middle East, unprecedented. Fifty years, literally, after that almost similar attack at Yom Kippur in 1973. Israel was caught napping. I can't believe how Israel got caught napping. This, the casualty numbers are coming up. So many killed, 740 they are seeing injured. Palestinians roaming around, shooting at will, tanks burning. We don't know what will happen. Any other country, even Ukraine, Russia, war doesn't matter so much as Middle East because it's prophetic. So we begin this evening's Q and A. Anyway, because it was so sudden, no questions on that. I guess by next week we'll have questions. It is because what happens in the Middle East affects all of us, and it affects us believers because we look to signs, what's mm. happening, the coming of the Lord. But for us, we pray for peace. Mm. Blessed are the peacemakers. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, doesn't work. It'll only breed more violence. So this more evening, as we go to the questions, you see it's just chaos everywhere, and we have to hold our heads, be still, not panic, but to keep our eyes fixed on Christ Jesus. Father, this evening we come to you, Lord. Through it all, that one word stands: be still. And know that I am God, because everything that can be shaken will be shaken. You said, from the personal lives to nations, because we are receiving a kingdom that can never be shaken. As we just sang, Lord, kings and kingdoms will pass away, but there is one King, and His kingdom is forever and ever. So we magnify you this evening, Lord, and I pray even as the questions are answered, at the core, at the center of it all, those who receive it will see it is about Christ mm. and His people and His coming kingdom. And I pray everyone will be encouraged, and skeptics who listen will surrender that Christ may be Lord of all, O Father. We just thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. 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 Pastor, we'll start with question number four. It's a two-part question. I mean, it's yes, in two yep. sides. Yeah, question number four. four. Question number four. It says, um, "This is a wicked and an evil generation, <clears throat> but I believe that there is a Jacob generation that God has foreseen, who in these last days will go after God and His ways." So, do you think God will move these wicked people who are determined to destroy the USA? Will God move them out of the way and allow us to build America again? See, uh, honestly, nobody knows. Can for absolute certainty, you know, what is the will of God for this time? So there are a lot of prophetic voices. But if you look at it, they are conflicting voices. One says yes, the other says no. So nobody can be very sure about what God's intention at this time is. But we know something. 
we know something that is about the nature of God. The nature mm. of God. I mean, for those who unfollow Nepali, we would have seen it on Thursday. God's strange and unusual work is judgment. And if you're looking at Sundays about the love of God, it's patient, long-suffering, it is kind. I mean, God doesn't rejoice in the death of the wicked. So in that context about who God is, see, time is an issue for us. Time is not an issue for God. Hmm. If he waited 6,000 years, he can wait a few more years. It doesn't make a difference. But knowing the heart of God, that it is the will of God that no man should perish. Though many will perish, it is not God's desire that any should perish, that he send his son for the whole world. But you need to realize on the other side, his patience is not forever. At some point, it has to move. But his patience, his patience is unprecedented patience. Like we look at uh, the, the judgments in the Bible, about human judgments in the Bible, when you look at the first one, he waited 10 generations. Mm. <clears throat> it's a long time. And he waited till every thought, every inclination of every human heart was he will allow, he allowed it to reach that point of what we say of no return before he intervened. And even then he waited 120 years and then the judgment came. So that's how God is. Then, uh, when it comes to Sodom and Gomorrah also you will realize, wait till the last, he, he I mean, the wickedness of that city was so apparent that he allowed it to go to that limit, blinded them, giving them still a chance. But when it crossed that line, it came. When it comes to the third judgment, which is in Egypt of taking Israel out, you will see God waited till ten plagues. He's still giving Israel, uh, Egypt a chance. Like, no, you don't have to go through this. Just let my people go. But they didn't. And it is after the 10th one, you will realize they let the people go. And even then, they could have continued rebuilding their country from the from the ashes, literally. But they still went after the children of Israel. That is when the destruction of. So when you look at this, we will understand what is the nature of God. But if you look at, but we need to realize I mean, the, the, the issue in America, the issue in India, the issue in the world is very complicated, very complicated because, uh, there is a generation, yes, a Jacob generation, a generation that will know the Lord do great exploit. But also we need to understand this is also a generation like the Bible says there will be perilous times in the last days. And Jesus says uh, iniquity will abound. But iniquity basically here means lawlessness. Mm, yes. Okay, And if you look at a generation, we will realize that this generation is primarily lawless. In their hearts they are lawless. They don't care. They are lawless. But all that can be overruled when there is a move of the Holy Spirit. All this thing can change because you look at what's happening around the world. But there is a move. I don't want to put it as a, it's a move of God. I, I mean, a move of God in strictly in the biblical church sense. 
I don't want to look at it because the world is now divided into two. Two. We we call them the leftists and the right, and they want to call them hard left and hard right. All these names are used, and you call the the liberals and the conservatives. But you see a conservative movement happening everywhere. You see it happening in the U.S. I'm not saying Christian movement. I'm talking about a conservative mm. movement. You see it happening in the U.S. It's seen happening all over in Europe. I'm not saying all the ones in the conservative movement are kosher. They are in kosher. Either they have their own ideas, their own agenda and all. You see that happening in India too. Mm. India too. But I personally feel, if I look at all the leaders in all these movements, I personally feel we have the best, literally the best, because what Rahul comes across as is a very loving, kind person. I don't see anybody else coming like that, because Rahul is kind to everybody, yes. even to the opposition. He's very, very kind, and he very clearly deals with issues and not personalities. And he, I mean, you see, he he's just almost like a mini Gandhi now. And people are starting to see that, and you can see the power of it because the opposite, the the ruling dispensation doesn't know what, what to, to do, do with him. Yeah. What to do with him? He's not nasty. He's very kind, kind to everybody. He's very careful in what he says, and also we have leaders, conservative leaders, all around the world. And I personally see he's one of the best. He's one of the best. Though he's not a Christian, he often talks like one. Often talks like one. So this is this is the answer we need to realize. This, this is the answer because you know what God does raise up leaders, leaders who do actually do not know Him, and in the Bible you will see God raising up Jesuit Gentile leaders, and they were God's instruments. Okay, so there is a positive side, but He also see uh, the the evil dispensation is hell bent on shutting it down. So the answer to this is, the if you look at it, the answer to this is intercession. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what we looked at on Thursday. Yes. All kinds of prayers are there, but there is the prayer of the intercessor. The intercessor, the prayer of intercession, is different from all other prayers. Because I can, all other prayers somewhere or other, Perfect. the self is in, involved. And that's okay. You need to pray for yourself, what is connected to you in a circle, outer circle and all that. But the intercessor is praying for somebody else completely. Mm. He's standing between God and his judgment. God and his wrath. And honestly, that is what God is looking for. If you, if you, we got it right the last time, Ezekiel 22, 30. We went to 20, 30 and 30, 20. I think this time I got it right. 22, 30, right? Okay. Yeah. Now, if, can we read from, I guess from verse 25 onwards, where the whole narrative begins about kings and rulers? Yeah. Just go above that. Okay. Son of man, say to her, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion. 
sharing the prey. They have devoured people, they have taken treasure and precious things, and they have made many widows in our midst. Let's let's stop there, okay? First. God God's order is different. He doesn't go to the king and the noble. He goes first to the prophet. And that's basically what has happened. If you if you if you wanna primarily look at the US, if you primarily look at US, because we are looking at US as a Christian nation and a mess, God is not looking at the leadership, the political leadership. He's always looking at the spiritual leadership because they are the ones who have the power to intercede. The political leader is not going to intercede. It's a proper, it's a spiritual leadership. And this is exactly what happened to US. US was swept in the past 30, 40 years by the prosperity gospel. And they were devouring the people. A gospel that was devouring the people. Materially and spiritually. They have taken treasure and precious things and have made widows in her midst. They took something that was precious of God, the salvation of God, and made it into merchandise. Literally into merchandise. This is where the downfall of America came. Honestly, hmm. okay, the downfall of America came from the pulpits. It didn't come from the spiritual leadership. Sorry, political leadership. It didn't come from the political leadership. It actually came from. And when God diagnoses a situation, he will actually go into where the root causes. And this is where it. Then he goes next to the priesthood. Okay, priesthood. Her priests have violated my law, profaned my holy things. They have not distinguished between the holy and the unholy. They have made, nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hidden their eyes from my holy Sabbath, so I am profaned among them. So you will see that is, that's exactly what happened. You see, you cannot preach money and holiness at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's not possible. You cannot serve mammon and God. You cannot serve. So you see that almost on everything from marriage to same sex to gender to sexuality, everything they compromised. Everything they compromised. You see, as the church went in America, so went the leadership. So when the church started sanctioning this, the government started making laws that sanctions this. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. If from the pulpit in the name of prosperity, these prophets were literally stealing from the people, the widows, those who were on food stamps by sending, send your food stamps, send so, 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 you will reap, you know, send a thousand people this, you will reap, reap, reap. What is that? It is thievery from the pulpit. Literally thievery from the pulpit. Okay. Now you see the result on the streets where stealing has been literally been legalized. Thieving, stealing is okay, robbing is okay. So you will realize this is how it happened. They violated. And then you come to verse 27. Now you come to the, the political leadership. Her princess in her midst are like wolves tearing the prey to shed blood, to destroy the people and to get dishonest gain. This is literally what is happening yep. there in the American system. Mm-hmm. And every system, American system, we will look at the other world's once upon a time, the richest and still in so many ways the most powerful nation. What happens is it is this, what they use, the term that is used, the deep state. It is the military, industrial, pharmaceutical complex. You need to ask, why is medical insurance and all so high in the U.S.? 
the expenses are so so high everything why because there's a network this is what dishonest gain and the princes the senators the congress and every one of the all one gang it doesn't matter which party it is this set is one gang and they're like wolves tearing the prey who's the prey the common man hmm. the prey they are the the prey okay to shed blood and to destroy people to get dishonest gains this is i mean god's word is wonderful it's like thousands of years earlier it already shows you this is how the nature of sin works and you know what her prophets plastered them with untempered mortar okay they were very light on the things of god things that really matter to god very very light on how to deal with sin the righteousness of god the holiness of god the things that really matter about faith or the faith they turned it upside down and talked it about getting things yeah. and not about towards god the object of god was no longer god it was man and gain so you can take and that's preaching this from the same bible very powerful messages but if you look at the core yeah. of it it was in god Absolutely. it was in god so even when they talk about love it was not about god the love of god it was the love of self, self. yeah it's a love of self because so you will see how they turned it and seeing false visions divining lies for them all these instant prophecies that used to come it was always like that and thus says the lord god when the lord had not spoken Okay, so this is the context in which, and the people of the land, what happened? They also when they, they have used oppression, committed robbery, mistreated the poor and the needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the stranger. Okay, oppressed the stranger. Hmm. Now, if you look at it, if you look at America, these millions, literally millions, that have come through the last couple of years. Okay, that's an oppression of the poor. Okay, where you're literally putting a label saying "come," but in the process, when these people are coming, you That's need it. to realize the no number rights. of them who die on the way, the women who are raped, the thousands and thousands of children who are gone missing and gone into to the dark world, the kind of abuse, the kind of drugs that are pouring in, all these things are happening. Okay, that is why I am not against immigration. I am for immigration. I do believe you should allow people to come into America because America is a very large land, massive land, very prosperous land. But if you can channel immigration properly because america needs a huge workforce huge workforce if they really the same set of people who came in through if they were stopped wetted and allowed because there are a lot of people no there are a lot of people who need to work in the farms of america america can come back and become again the world's best prosperous because see lot of people Let us talk about Indians, okay? There are millions and millions of Indians working in the Middle East. Almost none of them want to settle down there. They want to work. They want to make the money. Send it back home and send it come back home after a period of time. You know, America can do the same thing. Can do the same thing. Give them work permits. Come in. 
work and also see that the ones who employ them also safeguard their rights. They are not abused. That is why if you look at in the Indian passport, if you are below class 10, you need what is called ECN, immigration clearance required, ECR required meaning. Before that, what used to happen? These contractors used to take all these employees once they reach their passports and they're basically into slave labor. So when that came out, the government put these safeguards. So what happens is that I think about Mexico, El Salvador, all the Latin American countries. These people are able to come and work in America, send their earnings back to their countries. You know what? You see, if you if you go to my state, Kerala, you will see honestly how prosperous that state is compared to other states. You know why? Because of the people who work abroad. They work abroad. Okay? In my own lane, in my my small little town in my lane. My house is the smallest. It's the smallest. Every house is a mansion. And if you look at it, where did all this money come from? It can't be like because the average worker who's <laughs> working in Kerala is earning like in any other state. Where did all this money come from? It all came from the expatriates who went to work abroad. You know what? If this has been done decently and everything controlled, the whole Latin America would prosper. You wouldn't have this mess that is taking place. But okay. But why is not that taking place? Because putting across this false human love, these cartels are working. And the cartels don't start in Mexico. The cartels start in the halls of power in the Senate and the Congress. These are the cartels who are sitting there for years and years and years and years. They've been sitting there like Joe Biden, 40 years as senator. What did he do? The question is, where did he get all this money from? Because it's very clear, if you're a senator, we know your salary. We know your salary. Where did all this money come from? Where did they make all this money? How do they have so many homes and millions? And Where did it get come from? It doesn't fit in with your income. So you need to realize this is what is happening. So the answer is this. The answer is in verse 30. The, the disease has been diagnosed. These are the problems. The answer doesn't come from earth. The man cannot solve this problem. If this problem has to be solved, only God can solve the problem. And this is where he said, he said, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on the behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So what is God looking for? God is looking for one man who would stand in the gap. And we see the first intercessor over there is Abraham. And God looks at this man and he says, you know what, can I hide from Abraham what I'm going to do? So he says, you know what, I've heard the outcry of Sodom has reached heaven. Um, My angels have gone to check it out. So Abraham starts interceding and he appeals to God's righteousness and his mercy. Both He says, if there are 50 righteous men, would you do that? God says, no. 45, no, 30 comes down to 10 and then God walks away. So we see the principle over there. We see the same thing in the next book with Moses standing in a gap interceding for Israel. We see that with Esther interceding for her people. We see that with Daniel interceding. So this is where the whole principle comes. Okay, We see a problem. We diagnose the problem. The first answer is spiritual. If in this context God saw the first problem was the spiritual. There are priests, there are prophets. The prophets are put up above. 
Okay, because they are the ones who supposedly hear from God. See from God. He says that's mm-hmm. where the problem. This is, you have to deal with the problem. This is where the problem. So he goes from the from prophet. the prophet to the, the priest to, to the prince to, to the people. people. The four piece. Four piece yeah. That is how he goes. He goes in order. Okay. We look at the people and say the people are the problem. God says no, the no. people are not the problem. The people are not the, that's not where the, where the people are a problem, no, but that's not where it <laughs> begins. You have to go to the top. This is where. So we have to look at God's. So the problem is, okay, what is the solution? The solution, God says, if God has to show mercy to America, and allow America one more chance to rebuild. Okay, this rebuilding is always temporary. Please understand. Because we have to look through the word of God. Every rebuilding is temporary. Because ultimately the crash is coming. Because the Antichrist will come. But we are rebuilding. What is if you go to uh, Timothy, you know, intercessions should be, that is... Uh, First Timothy chapter 2, two verses yeah, 1 to no, 3. 1 to 5, okay? One to, okay. Therefore I ex- exhort first of all that supplication, prayers, intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men. For whom? Kings. Let us put there as rulers. All who are in authority. What's the reason? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. That is the first thing. If you want a leadership, what kind of a leadership? Now we are not talking about kings. We are living in the 21st century. We are talking about uh, leaders who are elected. Elected. Okay, so intercessors have the power with God to move corrupt leaders and bring in righteous leaders. But your motive should be very clear. What is that you want? You want to live a quiet life, a peaceable life, in all godliness and reverence. I will tell you, which is interesting, because the thing is that there are there are Democrats and there are Republicans Okay, in this. Don't paint all the Democrats with the same brush. Okay? There are Democrats, like communists, who genuinely care for people. Genuinely care for people and the rights of the people. Okay? At the top, most of them or all of them may be crooks, but don't take every one of them as a crook. The reason is, I will tell you, look at the cities like, if I am right, if my memory is right, SFO and LA. These are Democrat cities. Okay? Democrat cities. These are the cities, if I am right, if my if my memory is right, are the cities which have passed laws by which where businesses cannot refuse cash. When the whole system is trying to make us into a cashless society. Wow. Wow. Okay. These are Democrat-run cities, and we will understand prophetically. They may not understand prophecy. They are looking at the common man and saying, you know what, there are 50 million Americans who do not use cards. There are many old people who cannot, they need cash. So looking at the plight of these people, they pass laws that any businesses that refuse cash will lose their license. Wow. Hmm. Think about it. Think about it. Do they know prophecy? No, no, they do not know prophecy. They do not know prophecy. But what does prophecy say? The Antichrist system is trying to make a cashless society. 
cashless society. So they can control our movements, our habits, control everything in our lives. So that is what we are talking about. Okay. So intercessions should be made. Okay. So let us see. Even though crime may be rampant in SFO and LA, one thing is there. You know what? A cash can be used. The system doesn't want you to use cash because then they cannot track you. They cannot track you. They cannot know all your habits. They cannot control you. Mm. Okay. So this is what for all kings, so all rulers who are in authority. So first, when the intercessor is standing in the gap in mm. America, intercessors are standing in the gap. Your motive should be very clear. What is that you want? Mm. What are you praying for? Lord, I want a quiet and a peaceable, peaceable. life. I want peace in my locality. I want peace in my town. I want peace. With what? With godliness and reverence. And if you go to verse 3, okay, it says, For it is, this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Why? What is that? You create a climate. Why? Where the preaching of the gospel becomes easy. Yes. Okay, becomes easy. Absolutely. Who desires... All men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So at the core of it is this. This is your core. Okay, like uh, in the book of Acts, it is talks about a season in Samaria. Uh, uh, eight, uh, sorry, uh, 13, I guess, um, where it says. Yeah, nine, 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 Pastor Vidya, I can find my reference. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. See, look, this is very powerful. This is goes with that. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. Okay? Walking in the fear of the Lord, in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and they were multiplied. Multiplied. The numbers started coming in. Okay? So, see, peace, godliness, Reverence automatically creates a climate for the gospel to go in and people to get saved. So when we are interceding, be very, very careful. What are we interceding? What is our winner? When we talk about uh, God showing mercy to America, because when, I mean, if you look at the pictures that come, the really heartbreaking like that comes from many of the cities. Old men and young people are literally drug days walking like zombies on the streets. And you look at it, it's heartbreaking, okay? It is, what is literally happening? It is hopelessness, literally hopelessness. Mm. And who created this hopelessness? On one side, the pulpits, and the other side, the politicians. They, uh, they created the hopelessness. They created this hopelessness. Okay, if you look at the untold wars that was created, so so much by these politicians, never actually looking for peace, but created these wars and sent the young men and women of America to fight in these wars, and they come back. And they have what we call the yeah, PTSD. Mm-hmm. And you look at them and they're lying on the street, sitting in those. You look at it. It's a sad story of the most rich and country. They don't, they don't even care. They don't even care. They don't care. They are the people who put their life on puts the line. On the line. They don't even care. Okay. Seriously. Because you God. look yeah. at it. I mean, this country, 
literally can feed the whole world. That's mm. how prosperous they are. And their lands are fertile, everything. And they're literally killing themselves. Okay, so will God show mercy? Of course he will show mercy. Unless you have reached a point of no return like Israel went where God said, no, no more. And I don't believe no, 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 that's America not, that's has because, because if you look at the yes. core of America, mm. there is still a lot of righteous people. Absolutely. Okay? Like if you look at it, it is the cities that have gone to seed, the cities. But the countryside is still very conservative, so very godly. They still have their values, their families. And the ruling dispensation is trying to destroy the suburbs and the countryside. That's what they are trying to do. That is why they are allowing this unprecedented number of illegal immigrants to come in. Because once the cities fill in, they will start going out. They want to destroy the suburbs the way they destroyed the cities. That's their agenda, because this is a very communist agenda. It's a very, very communist agenda. And they go, remember, remember, they go first for the family in the communist. They go first for the family. And at the end, like they have their agenda. They have stages in their work. And the last they will go for is private property. And they go for private property. And that is the whole agenda. And they will make how many people, all the billionaires sitting there in America are laughing at what uh, the AG and the court system is doing to Trump in the civil case. But they don't realize this is what they will do to mm -hmm. every one you of them. Also. Mm -hmm. They will take your property out. They will take you out where? Because that's there's the whole agenda. That's how communism works. So if you look at the role of communism in in China and all, the system holds everything. They holds everything from the family to the private property. The system holds everything in America and China. Of course, Surya woke up too late. Thirty years, you could not have more than a child. What does it mean? It controls your family. If you had a second child, they aborted it. Now they are realizing that was a stupid mistake that they don't have people. Okay, you cannot correct a mistake of 30 years in one day. Generation is gone. Generation is gone. Okay, and uh, hmm. thus the land, the system holds the land. They can take it away from you any time they want. So this is how the system, but that is an antichrist system. Okay, what is the answer? We can push it back. I'm not saying for mm. all time, because we have to be very realistic. Read the Bible, look at the word of God. It is only for some time. But this is what it is. If you look at Second Timothy, the, the portion we looked at it, this is the key. The key is that God is looking for intercessors. Okay, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God. Our Okay, so if you want a very genuine, righteous government dispensation, Create an atmosphere where the gospel will go out, people will get saved, and the time is up. Let the church be taken out, like Lot was taken out before judgment came. How uh, Noah was taken out and kept safe when the judgment came. And then let the Antichrist rule for seven years, let him do what he wants to do, and after that, Christ comes, and it's over. Hmm. It is so. So the church is not looking for anything that is temporal, though it fights for a temporal peace, a temporal season of godliness. But the motive is not to live here forever. Bah. The motive is to save as many as you can so that Christ will come. Because our hope is the kingdom of God. 
our hope is his dispensation comes it's for a thousand years and then the enemy is defeated then eternity begins that is our hope mm. our hope is not temporal hope is not temporal mm. but this is the answer can god show yes i do believe god will show because for for like i said if you read isaiah and all god doesn't like judgment like we both sitting here are fathers which father if he's a normal father hmm. not drunk or no crazy crazy which father likes uh, disciplining his child i mean i'm talking about judge disciplining Always. in the sense of corporal no, no you don't like it you <laughs> hate it if you want to try it you want to postpone it as much hoping when i come back home the child will run to me and say daddy i'm sorry and you are more happy than the child No, even if the child sorry may be fake <laughs> you want to accept it as real because you don't want to spank the child okay so that's how god is that's how god is he doesn't want to judge his people he doesn't want to judge nations but even when he does it he does it in his love but we can postpone it okay we can postpone it so if i look at america yes it is possible but i do believe it comes from intercessors and intercessors have to be very very clear and all this said it has to happen at one level god has to raise up godly leaders again behind the pulpit hmm. revival first has to take place in america in the churches that's where it begins america is still full of churches still full of churches yeah. okay please don't go by statistics which don't tell you the whole story, story yeah. the whole story is the conservative movement is only growing it's not decreasing snowballing actually okay it is not decreasing mm-hmm. and it is the 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 people are ripe for a revival yes. when people are hopeless hopeless there's only one who gives hope that is christ and for that true leaders have to rise who have the king and the kingdom in their heart and not money not mammon so first the intercessor has to rise for spiritual leaders to arise then you have to pray for uh, political leaders to arise the political leader is different from a spiritual leader don't expect the president to be a pastor he's not a pastor his job is not of a pastor a president or a prime minister is a person who loves people and his country that's a point yeah okay it's it's patriotic okay this mm. is not israel mm. this is not israel okay israel was a different thing where god picked his king where he you know okay now this is not israel here he has to be, every country i believe has to have a leader who loves his country and loves his people and will do what is good for his country and good for the people and when you are looking for good for the people you always have to go to the weakest hmm. you cannot go to the strongest yeah. what do you have what we call is chronic capitalism where everything is being done for the capitalist and which is not reaching i am not against uh, capitalism please don't misunderstand me i am not against capitalism because uh, a poor man cannot employ anybody yes. but i am not for chronic capitalism or for a few favored few okay but you have to always keep the, the government always have to have a hand that lifts the poor okay that is why we need to realize the government is not here to make profit Hmm. let us look at let us look at uh, india's largest public sector government run enterprise 
is Indian Railways. Okay, Indian Railways' primary motive should not be profit. Profit, no. Primary motive should be service. Exactly. Okay, motive. And in the process, you should refine. You should do a lot of things where you can make it profitable. But profit is not the first motive. Hmm. It's not yeah, the first motive. First motive is service. Service. Because Indian Railways transports tens and millions of people every day. Every day. Makes every day. So you have to bring in all kind of things in to see, to see that it can become as profitable as possible. And it can become profitable as possible. It can become profitable if you bring in. But at the end of the day, it is basically for service. So the government should remember, the government does not run on profit. The government runs for service. But the government cannot run unless it has money. Hmm. It has money. So it has to find ways of means of to have enough resources, enough resources to sustain. Mm. But the problem is, these are all temporary. Exactly. Because you cannot have, the issue is that if you look at our rule book of any system that runs, any government enterprise that runs, the rule book is fantastic. But the problem is, it is handled by people who are not fantastic. Mm. Okay. All the rules of the government are fine. But the problem with the people is the fallen man. Mm. The man who is handling is a fallen man. That is the problem. So everything we are looking for is temporary. There is no permanent solution. You want a permanent solution? Thy kingdom come. That is a permanent solution. Every solution is temporal. But even in that temporal system, we have to see what is the best we can do. So you have spiritual leaders, you have political leaders. If these two get, go hand in hand, the people will turn out all right. The people will turn out all right. Okay? So you will see there is David. There is Nathan. Spiritual leadership. God. Okay? Mm. Spiritual leadership is there. David appoints priests. Priest is very clear. This is what God comes for. This is it. So there is a political leadership and there is a spiritual leadership and suddenly Israel has rest from all his enemies mm. and people are prospering. Solomon only built on what David did. David did. and Solomon went down. If you notice, Solomon went down because he went away from God. Mm -hmm. Israel did not go down during Israel's time. Yeah, David did not go down because the political leadership and the spiritual leadership worked hand in hand. Mm, so even till the end of his reign, when there is a, a succession battle literally going on, when one son is trying to usurp his father's throne, when the father is alive, you need to understand it is the prophetic that intervenes with the political. It's a prophet who comes to the king and says, this is what's happening. The king immediately says, this is what you need to do. So when you have the political and the spiritual working hand in God, people will have peace. Hmm. People will have peace. There will be peace. The people will start turning around. But here what has happened is, the spiritual has become wicked. Hmm. Like in America, spiritual has become wicked. Hmm. And the political have become evil. So there is a wicked spiritual leadership which is working behind the scenes in the darkness. No, we we have another churches. We talk about it openly. This is the Illuminati, the masters, the witches, the wizards. All of them are out there working 
tandem with the political leadership. And therefore the people are oppressed. They return back, the intercessors starts praying, let there be a spiritual revival. Let there be a spiritual revival among the mm. spiritual leadership. And there will be a political revival where genuine, righteous political leaders who love people and love the country. Love the country, rise up. And we see that happening. We see that happening. You know, we saw that happening before this dispensation in America. We're hoping it comes back again where you have the leader who really loves the country and loves the people. Trump loves the country, loves the people. You have Rahul here, loves the country, loves, loves the, the people. people. We saw in Italy happening, a single mother rising up and she puts it very clear. She says, God, family, country. Priorities are very, these are the slogans. And if the Democrats doesn't like uh, either God or family coming in there, because they're against God and against family. We're talking about because the mentality is communistic. So you need people coming in. You don't expect Melania, Melonia, not Melania, Melonia to be a believer. But if your, your, your value system is right. Value system is right. Rahul is not a believer, but his value system for the nation is right. He thinks about the poor and he thinks about it, okay? And honestly, this country makes enough money to take care of itself. Only thing is, where is all these taxes going? Exactly. Where is all this money going? Exactly. Where is all this money going? You mean there is not enough money? When we hear about scams, 30,000 crore scam, 50,000 score crown, 1.5 lakhs, right? instead of these scams, if all this money was actually spent on what it should have been spent, Okay, it should it would work out. Things this country is this country can really turn around like American can turn around. We because we have we have everything. What this nation needs, we have everything. We have manpower. We have enough, enough food. Mm-hmm. We are not a food deficient country. Yes, we have enough food. We are one of the few countries in the world which actually has enough food. food the amount of food that goes waste in this country in the FCA godowns is enough to feed all the poor people. It is not that we do not have. We have. It is total mismanagement of resources, and it's because there is no political leadership, there is no spiritual leadership. The spiritual leadership is corrupt. The political leadership is corrupt. But if we can get something in over here, this country will also turn. But where does it come? The solution is what God said. Hmm. If you go to back to Ezekiel 22, 30 and 31, what happens when he did not find it? So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land. But I found no one. No one. So what did he do? Therefore, Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. So intercession is the intercessors are the key. God said, if I find somebody who will stand literally willing to lay down his life for the betterment of my people, yes, I will turn things around. That's how Moses stood in between God and his judgment over Israel. Hmm. Literally saved a nation. God was getting ready to destroy Israel in the wilderness. Moses said, no. He stood in the way and God changed his mind. It's not that God changed. He knew already what would happen, but these are for lessons for posterity that intercessors can change everything. Esther literally puts her life on the line. She said to Mordecai, you said to them, no, you can't go to the king. Unless he invites. Because if you go without the king, if he's displeased, you're dead. 
You are dead. But she says, perish, so be it. If I perish, I perish. And she goes and she has favor. And that turned the whole thing. Israel in Babylon is saved. You know? And that is the whole thing. And ultimately, Jesus is the intercessor. Because God's wrath is going to be poured on mankind. Because God is holy. He is righteous. So he stood in the gap and took God's wrath upon himself. And released salvation upon us. So intercessors are the greatest set of people on right. earth. Hmm. And God is saying, let intercessors rise, let them stand in the gap. So if you look at the question, I can only give you an answer as a pastor. I cannot give you an answer as a politician. Politics is a different field altogether because that's a different ball game altogether. You have to look at each country and to see what has to be done. How do you generate employment? How, what are the policies that have to be brought? All that's a different ball game. But the spiritual thing is this. If you stand in the gap and you believe and you pray, God will start moving things around. There will be a revival in the place. The churches Amen. will start Amen. changing. People will start getting saved. That's the On that side, godly, righteous leaders will arise. arise at every level and they will start changing the rules. The rules will become godly. And in the process, what is our motive? To have a long, wonderful, prosperous life. No, 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 no. Motive is let people get saved. Everything because we more. know everything is temporary. Hmm. Everything is temporary. This is also temporary. We want something permanent. What is permanent? The kingdom of God. But remember, before the kingdom of God can come to earth, the kingdom of the devil will come. It will come. It will come. But when it will come, we do not know. So we do not presume it will come today or tomorrow and therefore sit on our haunches. No, God said, occupy <laughs> till I come. So the simple question is, what is that we occupy? Our prayer closet. That is why we intercede. We intercede Monday and Friday. All it is to be three days a week. We stand in the gap for our nations because we know that is God's answer. That's answer. We should not, even if nothing changes, we should be found guiltless in the presence of God because we interceded. Mm. Because we interceded. We should be found guiltless because, you know, the only thing uh, <coughs> for evil to take over, the Bible says, the world says, is good for men, good men to good keep quiet, thinking. to do yeah. nothing, keep mm. quiet. But godly men do not keep quiet. Mm. They bombard heaven with their prayers. Mm. They are standing in the gap. They are forever interceding because they know the power of sin. They know the power of evil, how it can just wipe a generation away. They know it. So they stand in the gap. They stop the tide of evil on one side and stop <coughs> the wrath of God on another side. Double effect. One side, they stop the tide of evil. Other side, they stop the wrath of God. So the people have a season of peace and Multiplied. What does it mean? People are getting saved. That's the answer for America or any nation. Of course, America much more than any nation because still at the core, it is still a Christian nation. Whatever you may say, it's still a Christian nation. That's why the attack. India lesser so because this is not a Christian nation. But still, we can pray. Yeah. Pastor, there's, I think you should, uh, there's a question, question number two, which is kind of a corollary to this. Because we're talking about the conservative movement and we're talking about values. And this is what it says. The question asks, the questioner asks, the Bible does not advocate controlling other people. How do you balance imparting values versus imposing behavior? How do you, 
how do you balance these two it's just one question actually but i think there's a second part of the question is i think slightly different maybe you can want to do that this is okay does not advocate controlling that like i said no <coughs> see values are learned early learned early okay see if values are not learned early then at later life they will be imposed by the law see the problem of a society is not in the society is it in the home please understand that's a basic unit okay the basic unit the brick is the home in homes values are imparted okay and all of us who are parents and all of us we see <coughs> how the children imitate yes children imitate mm-hmm. good and bad yeah good and bad imitate okay like i have seen children i've seen children where the father is a smoker mm. he's a smoker regular smoker the child also little toddler <coughs> also will roll up a piece of paper and start doing like this okay what is he doing he just imparted a value <laughs> that's all he did okay that's all he did mm. okay so all these things you can you see how children okay now if now if imagine i am a father and i am drinking whiskey okay i take it ah i do it little later you will see the toddler also taking his cup of water and ah he will also do so everything is important everything is important okay Hallelujah. and you need to realize everything is important okay so if you need to realize the lord supper and post supper what jesus did he's imparting a value washing a value mm. okay so you need to realize in the home once a baby is once a baby i don't even say baby is born i would say from the time the baby is conceived mm. as its faculties starts opening up it is receiving values mm. it is receiving values which you, we do not realize that the baby's music tastes are being defined words are getting into a spirit which it does not understand voices are being recognized values are being imparted mm. one way or other okay either it's worship or hard rock mm. okay all these things okay like we hear about the the um, horror of babies that are born to mothers who are cocaine addicts the child born has got all kinds of issues because one of my nieces is there and she's a social worker so she talks about this babies going through unbearable uncontrollable children because these were all children rescued from mothers who were on the cocaine the baby had cocaine in the system and it was born so you see all those things so you need to realize uh it begins from the womb begins from the womb okay so there are two there always should be two people a male and a female a father and a mother not two males not two females the minute it becomes two females and you have artificially inseminated yourself your another value system has begun which will lead to destruction or two males who adopt a child another value system has already been implanted which is contrary to what god is and who what god has said so value system begins right in the beginning a man marries a woman marries a woman there is a covenant 
not a contract there is a covenant and in that covenantal relationship a child or children are born okay china so you need to realize this is how fast the values are important and in that relationship there are so many things that are coming there is security that is coming there is love that is coming and love that is imparted remember we've been seeing yesterday and also tomorrow we are looking at love that's the most powerful thing and the child should be first and foremost be conceived and born carried and born in an atmosphere of love Okay, that no child should be conceived, and as it grows up in the grows in the womb, should ever feel or hear that it was unwanted, hmm. unwanted. Okay, so I have no issues with planned pregnancies and all. That's all fine. We use whatever is available today. I'm not talking about taking drugs. What I'm saying, being careful because pregnancy should be planned because the pressure is always on the mother, and the pressure is the economic thing is also there. But once it is conceived, receive it with all your heart and speak that way because what you are imparting is a value system. into that baby and then the baby is born everything you know you see the baby is sees it's watches it's watching what is happening all around it's watching they keep remember values are imparted in the first 2 3 years 3 4 5 years everything is imparted the child is watching and imitating hmm. that is why the parents have to be very very visible in the life of the child very both parents the father and the mother has to be present you cannot have absentee unless circumstances because the father is working abroad and because of necessity and all that but other than that both parents have to be very visible in the child's life because what value the mother brings in and what the value the father brings in are not the same Mm. they are not the same because god made us different mm. we are not the same if then if the value the mother brings and the value the father brings are the same then you needed only one parent there was no need to create eve god could have created adam differently where he is like an amoeba he separates and you know it could have been done like god could have done anything he didn't need a female he didn't have to do that but that's not how he did it so what man brings into a child and what the woman brings into a child are not the same that's why a child cannot grow up or shouldn't or if he has to be has to be in god's image okay let us let us talk about this the virgin shall give birth right so jesus is born of a virgin why does he need a father but there is a father in his life a godly man has been chosen by god to mentor his son so that those values would be implanted into him though he is born of a virgin okay born of a virgin so that man and that woman these values are imparted that's the best and the ideal way where they are always present in the child's life and they have learned scripturally okay when they fail they are apologetic they know they were wrong they accept their mistakes they ask for forgiveness but the child is growing in a very wholesome biblical atmosphere when that doesn't happen then what happens later is that you will have to impose behavior that's where the law comes and you will have to impose don't do it because you didn't learn values he's going out 
is going out and or she is going out and doing things which he shouldn't do, she shouldn't do what happens. Now you have to impose behavior. If you do this, this is what will happen to you. The reason is because you were not imparted values. Like you look at the young people in the Bible, you look at a Joseph or a Daniel, you never had to impose behavior on them. No. Never had to impose behavior on them. So you can know how they were raised. That Joseph had only one influence in his life. That was his father and nobody else. Though the others were there, they did not influence his values. His values were because he was literally a single parent child. See, single parent child is not necessarily bad if that single parent has godly values. You know, sometimes that is better than two parents where there is always conflict mm. and contradictory each other. The child will fall apart and split apart and goes with whichever is easier. So if you have a single parent like Joseph has, Jacob has, first ten children, they have two parents, a father and a mother, and there is conflict in the home he can make out. But when it comes to the eleventh one, let's leave Benjamin out. When it comes to the eleventh one, he has only one influence in his life. That is his father. No mother to mess him mind up. Okay, so you need to realize values are important. That is the right way. Mm. So that is the way, and that is see, like we keep saying, the the curse of the twenty first century is one: absentee parents. Parents are absent because the the the, the system was made in such a way and mindset changed. The life became more about material benefits than spiritual. So what happens? Both parents went out to work. Went out to work. And therefore, the child hardly sees the parent. And what happens? It is pick up, picking up its values from its peers and from social media. Mm. It is not picking up its values from its father and mother. Okay, it's not picking it up from, no, it's from the father and mother. Or, the second curse is the absentee father. The absentee father is not there at all, hardly there at all. So there is no values that are imparted. Mm. And when the father comes back home, what is behavior is imposed. Mm. It's not imparted, it's imposed. So mother will say, daddy is coming, all be good. Okay, he'll get angry, otherwise he'll be upset, don't upset him. Just all be good. So you know what, it's not being imparted, it's being imposed. But that was not the way. It was never God's way. It was never God's way. This is what happens because there is a crisis in the home because the man is absent. When he comes, he's irritable, he's angry, he's upset. So the whole atmosphere in the house changes because now a behavior is imposed. All of you be quiet. Don't irritate him. Just act everything. Eat quickly and go to your rooms. You know what's happening. Nothing is being imparted over there. Something is being imposed over there and that will not last. It has no value because nothing, there's nothing of God in it. So the Bible, so what happens is ultimately, let us say, you know, like, you know, uh, angry father comes into the house. Okay. This is consistent. Okay. He's an angry man. When he comes into the house, the wife is silent. The children know. Maybe the car comes in or the bike comes in, whatever. When he comes in, they already know his comes. So everything changes. The behavior of the wife changes. The behavior of the children changes. So what is he doing? Look at the question. He's what is he doing? He's, He's controlling people without opening his mouth. He's controlling people. He's not releasing people. 
He's not edifying people. He's not allowing people to be what they should be, to be free, to be happy. There's no excitement. There is no joy. There's nothing over there. Instead, what is happening is he's controlling people. Okay, so you need to realize he has imposed a value. Okay, he, he did not impart. The sun grows up. Sun grows up. What do you think he will become? The daughter grows up. What do you think she will become? Mm. Okay. Mm. They do not realize they have taken something into their psyche. They have gone. But that is never God's way. That was never God's way. So Jesus is not imposing behavior on his disciples. He's imparting values. values. So when they are angry and say, Samaritan turned their dinner, you shall because what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? He's always imparting values. How many times should I forgive my brother? He says, what kind of a question is that? Okay. So you will see through three and a half years, he's not imposing anything. He's imparting values. And he's a servant leader until the end, even before resurrection, before ascension, he's still imparting values. He's imparting values. He's a very present person in there. He's not an absentee father. He is a father to them, literally a father to them. But he's not an absentee father. He's a very present father. Very present father. So when they go back, later when they are, they can realize, okay, he taught us and he lived it. He taught us and he lived it. We realize, yes, he can always correlate it to a behavior. He imparted. And that's what we are called to do as fathers and mothers. That's what we are called to do. We are very present in the lives of our children. We are imparting values. And by sp spending our time with them and unconsciously imparting our values, what we believe into them. You know what we are telling them? We are telling them you are very valuable. <laughs> that's why I give you my time. That's why I give you my time. You are very, very valuable. Because you need to understand, the most valuable commodity we have in this life is time. And we will give our time to whatever we value. Yes. Most people give value to money, so they give their time in making money. Few people give value to people, so they spend their time with people. And Jesus spent his time with money, with people and not money. This is how our value system. Children are very able to be easily able to see. Okay, they will be able to see. After some time, they will realize, you know what? Value system is being defined. This is what my father values. This is what my mother values. This is what they value. And they will immediately work it around. Okay. If as a father, I value sports. After some time, the child will speak sports. <laughs> because he knows that's what, that's what I value. Okay. You need to realize the children are not fools. Not fools. They understand very well. They understand. Okay, so you don't have to control. You see, there are two ways in which you impose, not impose, yeah, impart values. One is with basically words, okay, and behavior. And the other is by silence. By silence. When a child, through his or her behavior, has broken a value system which you have been trying to impart. You don't have to say anything. You just have to be silent and they will realize there's something wrong here. Yep. Just by silence. And that's how God does. God doesn't beat up Abraham. He just didn't talk to him. 
13 years. 13 mm. years. Didn't talk to him. Didn't talk to him for 13 years. And by the time he came back, Abraham was ready to <laughs> circumcise everybody, including himself at that age. And the same day. <laughs> same day. He was ready. Why? Because he realized, I went wrong. I went wrong here in perception. I got it wrong. Okay, so sometimes you need to understand in human relationships, when you want to impart values, one is your presence. And in your presence, you are actively involved. And there is communication, there is behavior, and there is silence. Mm. There is silence. Okay? And that's how values are imparted. Mm. You don't have to impose. Yes, you don't okay? have to be. Impose to is basically when you cross the line, you will have to impose because the law will take its place. And in the home, the father, the parents, primarily the father, is the law. He sets the law. He has to take the law into his hands when behavior crosses a line and when it starts affecting the family, the unity, the peace, the love of the family is being affected. The father has to cross that line and take it in his own hand. So when we break the law, the state takes its hand and will the law comes after us. So that's how it works. But otherwise, it doesn't, you don't need to. Hmm. You don't need to. You just impart. You just impart by your life. No. Pastor, there is there is actually a follow-up question to this. If you, this is question number three, we're talking about control. Uh, if you don't impart and if you begin to control, then control can take different forms here. And this is what it says: Would you say fear is a result is a resultant of a resultant product of intimidation? There are quite a few different forms of control: control by domination, control by intimidation, control by manipulation. Controlled by witchcraft. Yeah. Your comments on this? Please. Yes, of course. Fear is a result. I mean, we are not talking about the natural fears because some fears are good, but the kind of fears we are talking about here in the follow-up question is a result of intimidation. Mm-hmm. And intimidation can be of so many forms. You know what? Both men and women, husband and wife, use intimidation as a tactic. Okay, mm. intimidation as a tactic. Okay, we used to have a joke in the years when we were in the, I was working not in but with the army. There was a senior officer. Okay, a senior officer. So the joke was this. You see, in the ranking in the Indian Army, a colonel above him is the brigadier. Okay, so the joke I heard somebody saying is Saab is colonel, but madam is brigadier. <laughs> okay, okay, and in so many ways, often that's what happens in homes. Okay, man tries to dominate, he dominates usually with loud voice, shouting, screaming, physical abuse. Okay physical abuse and uh, the woman also can do the same thing in some houses you will see the husband is quiet the woman is very loud Mm -hmm. some houses it's the other way the husband is loud the woman is quiet so what are they using they're using uh, their voice the tone of their voice or anger to intimidate so they can dominate. The motive is to dominate. And the core of it is selfishness. My way or highway. You need to understand the core is selfishness. It is to have your way. You are primarily a lover of yourself. Hmm. What you don't like, you won't do. (laughs) 
you won't you are a lover of yourself so what do you do you dominate through intimidation dominate through intimidation okay you will realize this is the curse that came upon the marriage after the fall if you go to genesis chapter 3 this is what he said to the woman in verse 16 316 not john 316 but genesis 316 he said to the woman he said i will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception in pain you shall bring forth children okay so one thing is talking about your motherhood the physical and the emotional all you will go through with your children mothers go through hell with their children until the modern feminist women came who doesn't care <laughs> but usually for 6000 years women went through hell through children because he said you got deceived you took it it will affect your prosperity and it will affect your motherhood mother then he talks about her marriage your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you now if you go and we have to come back here okay to chapter 4 and word 7 this talking to cain okay if you do well will you not be accepted if you do not do well sin lies at the door, door. its desire same. is for you and you should rule over it same, same construction here mm-hmm. desire means domination domination sin wants to dominate you but you should dominate it mm. so here what is god is saying he says because you didn't believe what i have said death will come later but the symptoms and the consequences that will lead to death has already started wow it's already started it will start with your marriage first then it will go into your children Now what will happen in 316 he says you know what you will decide to dominate your husband mm. but he will rule over you mm. this is was the truth for almost 6000 years yeah. until the laws changed see why women have so much freedom and liberty is because of in so many ways what we call enlightenment men we started understanding the gospel was behind it all exactly. don't bring any other religion over exactly. there it was the gospel behind it was it all and there was this movement because of the kind of rules were changed where women had more and more liberty so what happened till then what you will see is that she wants to dominate and he will rule okay use physical force so violence or whatever this thing but the the thing is that this is not how it actually happens mm-hmm. for 6000 years even till today in so many homes whether it is muslim hindu christian or buddhist there is a domination by the women the domination by the and she has 100 and different ways how to dominate because at the end of the day i'm telling you when the man comes basically what he wants is peace mm-hmm. he had enough trouble at office or wherever he is working mm-hmm. wants peace you see that's why the joke was there he is colonel she is brigadier because the woman at home the wife at home the wife can make the man's life miserable <laughs> without saying a word without saying a word where now silence is being used to dominate therefore to control or words are used to dominate mm. okay 
dominate. This is basically what it is talking about. Okay, so it can be man, it can be woman. This is the battle of the sexes. Hmm. But this is not what God said. You have to go back to Genesis chapter two, and if I am right, verse seventeen, eh? sixteen or seventeen, seventeen, I think. Yeah, two seventeen. Yeah, come further down. Not Which after that. It is not good that man should be alone. Okay, the first thing is it's good not man should be alone. So he's going on going to bring marriage into the picture. So that's where it all starts. The first relationship on earth <laughs> is marriage. Okay, so relationship on earth. It is not good for man to be alone. So the first reason for marriage is fellowship. Mm-hmm. It's not children. It's out of that fellowship, out of that oneness, out of that unity, children are born. Okay, first is. But when he says, he says that I will make him a helper, comparable, comparable. or KJV will put it. Can I have it in KJV? Because make. helper is a much more easier way to understand. Okay, I will make him a helpmate. Okay, mm-hmm. so he is the mate, she is the helpmate. That's how it works. He is the mate, she is the helpmate. So this is where the modern family breakdown came in. Because in the modern family breakdown, what has happened is she is the mate. And she, uh, he is the helpmate. <laughs> okay. So ultimately, if you look at it, is that the man is following and aiding what the woman wants to do. Woman wants to do. It's not the other way. So ultimately you will realize at the core itself there is a dysfunction. Yeah. The core itself mm. is a dysfunction. It's one of the first things which I told my LTD is your, it's your baby. I am not there. If there is trouble at the last minute, I will intervene, but I am not there. I am not there. Because let it get it right. Church is my call. And I want you to help me with the church. I'm not there for LTD. Not there for LTD. But if there is trouble, I will intervene. But I'm, that is not. Because if I'm going to spend my time with LTD, then I'm helpmate. I'm not mate. You are mate. I'm helpmate. No. And when the season comes, I will tell you, I will shut down LTD. It will be over. It faces over. But the church will continue. So don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. Let's get it very clear. Mm. Abraham I call and Sarah. But Abraham goes, Sarah follows. It's not Sarah goes. And when he followed Sarah, there was chaos in the home. There was one point when he followed Sarah. There was a point two times when Sarah followed Abraham, when Abraham was wrong. But the hand of God went and protected Sarah. Mm. Because still the order was right, though the decision was wrong. Mm. But when the order was reversed, when Abraham followed Sarah, all hell broke loose. Because you cannot change order. In so many homes, order has been reversed. And when you change the order, domination takes place. Domination takes place. If we don't go back to how God has ordained things, things will not work. Mm. It will not work. You will always have conflict. You'll always see that you do not have faith. So when we talk about men should be very careful how you hear. Women should be very careful when we hear, when I talk to men and talk about servant leadership, that doesn't change the order. 
and sometimes you even hear it and they will make they try to make their husbands into a servant no he's a leader who is a servant he's still the head ultimately he makes the call if you are not able to agree you go with what he says i don't think sara was very happy with some of the decisions abraham made but he when she went with her with him and got protected her and got tells abimelech very carefully he says i have seen to that you have not put your hand on her but abraham is always there but he still right though his decision is wrong and she is still right by going with him though his decision was wrong she did not subvert order or if you do it you have to do it very respectfully very carefully because these things matter don't don't get these things wrong because this is how marriages are messed up because when the home is messed up the rest mess up you have intimidation you have domination you have then when you come to the fourth one ultimately witchcraft comes that is how you give you are now manipulation manipulation you want to see domination intimidation manipulation see jacob's marriage and look at how his wife's talk that is manipulation you want to see manipulation go to the book of genesis everything is there in the beginning how these things work in a family and therefore other places also go to genesis chapter 29 and verse 31 okay no no 30 30 30 31 genesis 31 genesis 30 verse 1 okay one onwards when rachel saw that she bore jacob no children rachel envied her sister so you need to realize where is it coming from motivation envy see basically meaning at that point of time if leah does not have children then rachel is okay she has no children i have no children fine your choice doesn't grow my choice doesn't grow i am fine but if your choice grows then i am upset <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is how things work you have to take it at whatever level she is bearing one out of four children now she envied her and she said to jacob give me children or i die that is manipulation domination hmm. intimidation now manipulating if you don't give me a child what will i do i will is intimidating her is in what is the whole intention he is intimidating i mean you have to realize if you have gone through what i have gone through counseling couples whenever the woman says i will kill myself then the man is on his back foot he doesn't know what to do pastor what do i do i said be careful be careful because today it's a dangerous system we live in dangerous system you live in where you see once upon a time believing woman and believing man who spoke in tongues and prophesied they are in court in police station filing false cases against each other all how did we end up over here so be very very careful you have to understand how these things work the whole idea is you have a pet agenda you want to have it but how am i going to get it i can't i won't look at the righteous proper way of appealing to god and crying out to god and say lord would you so you will see which that is why neither rebecca or rachel are ever considered model wives or mothers in the new covenant mm-hmm. only sarah is mentioned mm-hmm. Only Sarah is mentioned because Rebecca will do the same thing, manipulate. She will do. So what does she do? She intimidates. See, as soon as she intimidates, what is the words using me? Give me a children. 
give me a child that is one statement that is okay there's no intimidation in it or else i die meaning i will kill myself now it is intimidation as soon as i've intimidated and the man has received the intimidation into his soul she is now dominating the conversation understanding the narrative is now in our hands she is dominating the conversation she is taken over the whole thing because he is on a back foot because to that kind of statement what will you do look at verse 2 he gets angry so jacob's anger was aroused against rachel and said am i in the place of god who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb okay now look at verse 3 so she said here is my maid bilha that is manipulation mm. that was the whole idea the whole idea was that but how to get him to that how do i get him he doesn't need bilha because lee has already given for all you want is children there are already four children abraham sara suggested hagar to abraham because she had no children there was no children in the family here there are already four through her own sister so what does she do she uses intimidation when she has intimidation she dominates if he was not intimidated she could not have dominated but she realized she has dominated the system so he says oh my god what can i do about it she immediately used manipulation she said here is my maid bilha go into her and she will bear a child on my knees that i may also have children by by her now she brings emotional i also want to hold a baby i also want to hold a baby they bring that emotional sloppy intimidation that is manipulation Okay, and she gave him Bilha or maid. Jacob took. This is how it works. But in the process, you no, know, who gets in? You know what happens when the one, two, three takes place? The devil comes in. That's how witchcraft comes in. The devil gets into the picture. That is the fourth one. That is how witchcraft enters into the system. What is the question? If you go to the question, how does what is witchcraft? Witchcraft means the power of Satan comes in. Mm. From that time onwards, Satan will control that family. You can see the the problems in their family, the between Jacob and the. for women and the sons and the father and the sons and the youngest brother oh, envy jealousy intimidation threats murder everything gets you know why it's craft comes the devil gets devil gets this very subtle you say very certain certain is right there right mm-hmm. working in everybody he is working actively the only one he couldn't touch was joseph but he worked in everybody this is how the order because whole idea is what do you want is you want to want to dominate so you have to be very very careful in any situation before you open your mouth now as you grow older and more mature the first thing when you have facing a situation you need to ask what do i want here do i want my way or god's way what is god's will in this situation mm. what is god's will first what is god's will in this situation that is the first second i understand god's will two how can i do it god's way it's not enough it is god's will the way you do it also should be god's way mm. okay that is where because you can have god's will by dominating Mm. We dominate, but then God won't be pleased with it, because God's will has to be worked out God's way, without dominating, without intimidating. 
without dominating, without intimidating, without manipulation. Without manipulation. And that is how the devil gets in. That's why the Bible says, be angry. Mm. Dealing with an issue. Be angry, but don't sin. Mm. Don't sin. You sin by dominating. You sin by intimidating. You sin by manipulation. And you know what happens? The devil comes in. You give the devil a toehold. The devil comes in. He gets See, there are so many things which are not written in the Bible. Because it is left to us. Because he says, don't make Isaac into a saint and Abraham into a saint and Sarah into a saint, Elijah into a saint. No, they were all people like Just us. Like us. Like us. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine what happened in their homes. What kind of conversations they had. You know what kind of conversation they had? The same kind of conversation we have with our wives and our husbands when we fight. Same conversation, nothing different. Same things that happened. Once Rebecca has manipulated the whole situation and got it for Jacob, and Jacob runs away, he can be very sure there is not much conversation between Isaac and Rebecca. He doesn't speak to her. She cannot communicate to her. The house is gone. That's why it is silent. There's nothing to write there. Do you know right after Jacob leaves the house, there's nothing, because there's nothing to write there. There's silence. He won't forgive her. She won't forgive him. Esau won't talk to either of them. They're all living in their own separate ends. Do you know why? Because the devil got it. Now God is handling Jacob. No, God is with Jacob. God is trying to work this thing out. That is how it works. When the devil got in, messes up Jacob's house, now God is with Joseph. Because God is always looking for, where can I find one man I can work with, who will not dominate, who will not intimidate, who will not manipulate, who has not allowed witchcraft to come in. Mm. And there is Joseph. There is yours. This is how it works. Mm. Okay, new covenant. Thank God Jesus has come. He's paid the price. The wrath of God has turned away. We have power over the enemy. We can. But you have to do, go back and do the things God's way. You have to take your responsible God-given order. Mm. And like I said, the first question you need to ask is, what am I? Am I a man or a woman? I'm a man. You are a woman. If I have a man, then what is my order? Where do I come in the order? Where do I come in the order? If you are a woman, I am called to lead and she is called to follow. I am a single man. So let me learn to follow. Because only good followers become good leaders. Those who have never followed can never become leaders. Because leadership is first learned by following. Mm -hmm. And Joseph will be an excellent leader because he has followed his father all the days of his life when he was there. The other brothers never followed their father, so they never could become leaders. Never become leaders. If you are a woman, get it very, very clear. Okay, like I keep telling, Jesus said, if you go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You shall receive power. The Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witness. That's a primary, primary purpose of the Christ life in us. The power of God in us is to become witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's it. But the order, don't change the order. Don't change the order. The order is, if you are a man, if you are a woman, your first witness is your home. Jerusalem. Hmm. That is Jerusalem. Hmm. That's where the church began, in Jerusalem. 
God could have begun the church anywhere, but he began it in Jerusalem. He could have started it in Bethany because he arose, he ascended from Bethany. He could have started it in Bethlehem. He said, no, Jerusalem. Okay. So the first thing we need to realize is that your witness is at home. So your primary witness is at home. Primary witness is at home. And then only other. Because it does not matter. Even if you failed in Judea, and you had never went to Samaria, and of course never went to the ends of the world. If you are successful in Jerusalem, you are still a success. And 99% of humanity or people in the kingdom of God are called only to be a witness in Jerusalem. They are not called to go to Judea or Samaria or anything. They are just called to be a witness in Jerusalem, in your home. Hmm. Most people, they're not called out to go to this place and nothing at all. All that is all a lot of bunkum. Most people are called to be a witness in Jerusalem. You have a powerful witness in Jerusalem and all these people gather Sunday on a church. It's a very powerful witness. Very powerful witness. Okay, That is where you need to understand and especially the woman has to understand that. Because so much of the home is given to the woman. Hmm. It's given to the woman. Okay, the man's has a twofold job in the woman. One is to impart values. Values. The mother also imparts, but the impartation of the father is more powerful than the mother simply because of authority. Hmm. Authority, being the head, okay, being the head, and God has vested that authority upon that man when he imposes a value. It is more powerful. So when Jesus washed his disciples' feet, it was a very powerful mm-hmm. value because of who did it. Mm-hmm. He said, you call me Lord mm-hmm. and Master. Mm-hmm. You rightly so. If I be your Lord and Master. If I being your and Lord washed. and Master have washed, washed your feet. Mm-hmm. So it's a very powerful. Somebody else had done it. It is not equally powerful. If Peter had washed John's feet, it's not so powerful. But when Jesus washes Peter's feet, it's very powerful because of who is doing. So the impartation of the value of the father is more powerful than the impartation of the value of the mother. Okay, that's how it works. And so, and also the security that the father brings is not the same as the security that the mother brings. Mm. The love the father shows is not the same as the love the mother shows. It's different. It's not the same. Okay? Because the love the father shows in with that comes authority, comes that security, with comes appreciation. All the things come from the father. Mm. The mother can show the same thing, but it doesn't have the same value or the same power the same power. It doesn't have it. So you need to realize when you are talking about wicked one and two are connected. What happened? We have the father and the mother over there. Yet, if you look at all the practicality of the home, it's run by the mother. It is run by the mother. The mother is the hub on which everything is revolving. Revolving. Okay? And you cannot take it away. It begins with the kitchen. Begins with the kitchen. Why? Because let us say a child, we are talking about a child over here. When the child is born, the nurse may give it to the hands of the father. The father looks at it and how so happy, maybe physically believing father he prays and then he will have to give it to the mother because he has no capacity to feed the baby. 
Okay? So the mother takes it and starts nursing the baby. So the vital component of our life, if we have to live, is food. It's food. It's food. You cannot take it away. You don't eat, you will die. You don't drink, you will die. If you don't healthy, you will die faster. If you eat healthy, you will live longer. If you eat very healthy, you will live longer. Your brain, everything will be affected. Everybody keeps talking about how come the Jews are the smartest people on earth. Why all the Nobel laureates? Because they had dietary laws given by God. It's got to do with what they ate also. They were told, don't eat it, eat this. So food has a huge effect. Why is that today people are struggling? It's because it's got to do with the food you eat. Food you eat. Like when today, when Abel came here and said, oh, you came for your grandmother's birthday. I said, he asked her, how old is she? She said, 90 years old. I said, wow, she's 90. I, I heard, I said, she walks. He said, Papu, she not only walks, she reads without glasses. Hmm. So my answer was that she had a very healthy life and an extremely strong spiritual life to hmm. be able to both. read at a night in hmm. both. Okay, very healthy, very healthy, how you eat. So that is in the hands of the mother. See, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. Where does the body begin with and whose hands does it begin with? No. Who handles it for years and years? It is the mother is the mother. So she holds a very powerful, influential, this thing, both of our children and her husband. She sets the tone for everything. Because you, we can, we are not sadhus or anything. We enjoy our meals. Enjoy our meals. We enjoy our breakfast. We enjoy our lunch. Okay, it's rushed. We enjoy our dinner. Enjoy our dinner. Okay, and that is where the family gathers. That is the game. And if you look at it, the father and the mother sets the whole tone for it. The father has come back irritated, angry. That sets the tone. Everybody is silent. Father is very happy, cheerful, but the mother is very silent. That sets the tone. But people do not realize almost everything of life is imparted primarily at the dining table at dinner time. That is where children learn. That is where they learn. That is where most of the values are imparted. Most, that is where living takes place. That is why the Lord instituted what is called the Lord's Supper. Lord's Supper is not something which you take on Sunday, on mm. a Sunday morning, which is what you partake of it spiritually every day evening in your own homes. And at the head of the table is the father. He sets the tone. And the mother, she sets the tone. And that is where values are imparted. All these things have gone away now. Nobody is bothered about what is actually God is looking forward to. Because our mind is always on making money or Saraswati education. We are after this without even realizing. What did Jesus say? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added. And you don't have to be on a rat race in the world. You don't have to pursue any of these things. You get your order right. When you don't get your order right, everything will start falling apart. And what will happen? Domination will come, intimidation will come, manipulation will come, witchcraft will come, the devil will come in. Because you know what? You are dominating, she is intimidating, children are manipulating. 
children are manipulated. The children manipulated very well. They know Jacob is attached to Joseph, so they said, no problem, get his robe, kill an animal, put the blood. The daddy, is this your son's robe? And they all try to comfort him. Absolute set of ten manipulators. Question is, <coughs> who imparted those values to these ten children? Father and, and the mother, mother, both. Mm. Both of them. Both of them. They're manipulated. Okay. So this is how the whole system falls apart. So all the young couples who are there in the church with the youngest couple sitting over here, couples, one side is over here. This is how you build. This is how you build. This is how you build. And you have, the wife has to know, he is my head. He is my head. People laugh. And Peter says, Sarah called him my Lord and my Master. They laugh. It's not a laughing matter. It's a very serious matter. It's a very, that's your office God has given. Why didn't Sarah laugh when Abraham says, say, you are my sister? She didn't laugh. Why didn't Sarah laugh when Abraham said, Abimir, they may kill you for my sake. Say, you are my sister. She said, yes, Lord. What you say goes. Say goes. Try telling that to any 21st century believing, tongue-speaking woman. She will laugh. But that is true. That is true. Tell any man to take his rightful place in his family. He says it's not possible. She won't listen. But God says, you know what? Then I will have to judge. And who gets judged? Mm-hmm. The children get judged. The children get judged. In the process, they get judged. So you have to come. Because when you have order, what happens when you have order within, like, you know, when you have that order, and then you bring all the other things in the kingdom in, it blossoms. You cannot have love without order. You want love, you need order. Mm -hmm. Okay. Man loves his wife as a man should love his wife from that order. That order. Okay. You, I am the head. You are also the head. You cannot love. Because mm. love is not like what you are thinking about as a feeling. It's more than that. There is a feeling part of it. But it is more than that. But if it has to work properly, there has to be order. Mm. There has to be order. <laughs> there has to be order. Everything works only when there is order. So even the Trinity works on an order. Is the Son equal to the Father? Yes. The Spirit equal to the Son? Yes. But there is an order. Mm. The order is the Son says, Father is my head and his word is fine. If he says, die, die. But dad, if you can take it off, but not my will still, your will and your will is die. Okay, fine. I will die. And the Holy Spirit comes. Is he the one who, who does everything? Yes. But he says when he comes, he will not speak about himself. He will only speak about me. Because that is the order the Father has ordained from the beginning. So they, they have no ego issues over there. They are not intimidated. They are not dominating. They are not manipulating. Because there is order. Do they love each other? Absolutely. To the point they are one. So God says, this is my order for mankind. You are one. But that's because you are one. That doesn't mean there is an order. If you don't have order and you try to be one, all you will have is disorder. So we have to look at all these things and you know what? Let the world go whichever way we go. Hold your ground and say, no, my home will not be that way. 
A home will not be that way. Okay, it is in Isaiah where he says, Abraham alone I called. 50, 50, uh, 51? 50, 50, 51, second. Yeah, 51. 51, yeah. Okay, 51. And verse 1 and 2. Listen to me who follow after righteousness. You who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hidden, to the hole of the pit which you were dug. Who is he talking about? Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who bore you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. He only talks always about only Abraham and Sarah has his models. Just look to Abraham. A role model. See, for everything there is a role model in the Bible. If you want to talk about a man who loved God, David is the model. There is no man who loved God in the Bible like David did mm. in the Old Covenant. Nobody loved God like the way he did. So if you want to know about a man who really loved God, it was David. But if you want to look at a proper order in the home, ultimately when the order is established, it's Abraham and Sarah. It's not Isaac. If you want to look at an, look at a godly son, it is Isaac. It is Isaac who is a godly son. So there are models put over there. A son who will never rebel against his father or his mother. Men will allow his father to tie him down to this. So he is a model son. But who is a model husband? And a model wife? Over there ultimately how they end up as. He is, it's Abraham the father and Sarah the mother. So God says look to them, your father. Look to Abraham. If you want to know what fatherhood it is, ultimately that is why God is telling Abraham what is going to happen in Sodom. Because he says, I know. He will come out his household after him to know the way of the Lord. To walk in the way of God. I know he will. Isaac can't. Mm-hmm. Jacob can't. But Abraham can. Moses can't. Joshua is the only one after Abraham who will say, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Mm. You have to wait from Abraham. You have to get a Joshua who is able to say that. Because Moses failed. Because he went to Midian and got married. But he was living in his father-in-law's house. If you are living in your father-in-law's house, how can you have order in your home? It's Jethro who is controlling. You are living in your father-in-law's house. You cannot. Of course, Zephora will dominate. You cannot live in your father-in-law's house and expect to be the man who is the head. No. She's not going to listen to you. Mm, Because she already has got... It's a a hydra. Mm. She's already wondering which is the head. Because my father was my head, my husband is my head, but my husband is staying in my father's house. So I will listen to my father. He couldn't even circumcise his sons. Mm. Okay, and Samuel's house falls apart. Why does why does Samuel's house fall apart? Because he's always traveling. He's not there at home. He's already always traveling. His house falls apart. Is he a prophet? Is he the greatest one of the greatest men in the Old Testament? Yes, but read carefully. What is he doing? Traveling. He's not there at home. So the children have no values to be imparted. He's able to impart values to everybody, but not his own home because he's absent. You have to read carefully. Ultimately, your object is, what do you, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to build? And ultimately, you look at and this is, this is where you go wrong. And this is where you need to understand. And the devil is waiting. The Bible says the devil is waiting, roaming, roaring to see whom he can devour. He devours the man, he devours the woman, he devours both, and he devours the children. 
but god is saying you can come back thank god for jesus because if you look in the old testament there seems to be no hope mm. because there is no messiah the devil seems to be running wild everywhere but in the new covenant we have hope because christ has defeated the devil the price has been paid and he has given us power and authority over all the works of darkness but for that the most important thing is that you need to humble yourself that's the most important thing in the new covenant the man if he is wrong should be willing to humble himself the woman if she is wrong it doesn't matter 15 years into the marriage i was wrong I'm going to humble myself to God and to man and says I'm sorry. I was dominating. I was manipulating. I was intimidating. It stops today. I know you are not used to leading because I never led, but you please lead from today. Mm. Or if the man was wrong, I'm sorry I did not lead the way I should have led. I was dominating i was controlling that is where humility that's what's what jesus said i can do everything on the cross i can do it all give you all power authority everything but the first thing you have to learn from me is how to be humble because without humility there is no returning back and that is why david is always able to come back after his stupid mistakes is because he was always a humble man and that's what god tells to saul when you were little in your own eyes mm. i made you king but now you have become big <laughs> i can't talk to you I can't talk to you that's how it works that's how it works because pride manifests itself in so you see you cannot you cannot sweep away issues under the carpet that's why god says be angry anger is manifested in so many ways you have to talk it out sometimes people are silent in marriage all kinds of ways but you cannot sweep it out you try to sweep issues which are fundamental relationships you try to sweep it under the carpet it hasn't gone it is just accumulating and the devil is not growing weaker in your home it's he's only growing stronger mm. and stronger and stronger you have to deal with issues without getting without sinning don't sin don't sin because sinning is in this context this is how you sin you either try to dominate you intimidate or you manipulate you try any of this be angry but in your anger if you try to dominate in your anger if you try to intimidate in your anger if you try to manipulate be very sure the devil is there to empower you it is witchcraft it's not god this is to and what what it causes in the innocent bystanders over there usually the children is fear it causes fear it causes insecurity if i am the husband who is always shouting at my wife it causes insecurity in her and the children and the children start fearing and the woman starts already like fear and fear can make you do all kind of crazy things or if it is the woman who is always intimidating threatening i will pack up and go to my father's i'll pack up and go i'll pack up what it creates is fear and fear can make you do all kinds of crazy things 
That is where we have to be anchored. Just be angry. Talk it out. Be angry. And angry or is with an issue. That issue was not right. It has got to do with the righteousness of God. The wrath of man does not bring the righteousness of God. It is not right. Because it's not right. It's not the way it should, things should be. And deal with it. But if you sin, this is how you sin. This is how you sin. Okay. And we have to be very, very careful. Because when you are talking about revival and restoration, where does it begin? Hmm. It begins with the individual, begins with the home. The homes are restored. Ten homes in a church, ten homes are restored. Such is restored. Revival takes place. That's how it works. You cannot fool around. So this is where the man comes. This is where the woman comes. And you have to understand who I am. That's why the first question is ask you. This is the first final confusion. Gender confusion. Hmm. Who am I? I'm a male. Who am I? I'm a female. So okay. Who am I? I'm the husband. Who are you? I'm the wife. What are my roles? Defined by the creator. This is what my roles. Let me be a witness in Jerusalem. What is the point in having a witness at the ends of the earth with no witness at Jerusalem? said Jerusalem. Jerusalem is under attack. Literally, it's bad. That's how it is. Actually, uh, for for night devotions, we have a uh, devotion by Derek Prince called uh, Speaking God's Word, Declaring God's Word. And this entire week has been pray for the pray for the peace of Jerusalem. This entire, that was a theme. And I'm like, today, I was looking at it, I was like, oh my goodness, we were doing that all the time. And if you look at, if you look at Derek Prince, a lot of people don't like him and they don't like him and his wife coming and making the proclamations. But have you noticed his wife? She makes it very clear. She always covers her head. And she's a helpmate. Absolutely. It's an absolute help. Okay, and you'll always look at her and she will remind him. Okay. And he's gentle, he doesn't shout, he doesn't scream, he doesn't do anything. He's gentle and she is there beside him. She makes it very clear to millions upon the number of people who listen to him after he died. Yeah. Unbelievable. But when they stand over there, you will know this is the head and that's the body. And the anointing still flows. The anointing still, still flows. flows. Powerful, powerful inflows. Mm. One couple, I look with others, you don't see it. John MacArthur, you don't even know who his wife is. It's another extreme where women are not allowed anywhere at all. That's another extreme, that's another type of domination. <laughs> another type of domination. Then there is another extreme, this thing, wife is everywhere. <laughs> okay. Mm. That is, the joy law is still kind of joy. The wife is everywhere and there is all or all around the place. Okay now. Then there is, the actual ground God says which you see like Derek Prince and his wife. Okay. And it's so int- it's so interesting to I mean if you look at Derek Prince and you look at his wife and look at her face and you look at him and you can realize wow both are incredibly mature mm. because when she is there, right there, when he see his uh, he lost his first wife, Ruth, mm. no? and he says when I lost my first by Ruth and he starts Lydia, crying. Lydia, Lydia, Lydia. Lydia. And he says Lydia. And he starts crying. And she doesn't feel anything. And she doesn't feel anything. She understands it. Mm. No jealousy, no envy, nothing at all. Another wife in the same token, oh, so you loved her more than you loved me. Nothing at all. Absolutely mature couple. Who understands that pain. He, 
heal his pain that he really loved his wife and mm. she loved him and she was a very godly woman and there is no jealousy in that because you see with Rachel and Leah it is jealousy when Rachel saw Leah she envied her and manipulation began so you need to realize maturity in relationships how matured they are as a couple nothing at all sold out for God sold out for God that is what we are talking about. No, we have to look at it. Be very careful. Actually, yes. Pastor, I think you you indirectly answered question number one because uh, if you look go to question number one, in fact, this was as a husband and wife are equal in value to God. Does not the Bible say that the husband is a head of the wife? How can we say that they are equal? Headship is a functional difference. Husband and wife are equal in value, in worth, and in preciousness to God. Next prayer. Yeah. But they have different functions and roles to fulfill and they carry different titles and positions in any given setting. Headship is a functional role. Please answer this for my wife. It will help in our marriage. Okay, Thank that, you. That, that is, is essentially okay, what you did. Okay. You did, yeah, you did it. it. Is, I mean, but of course, in a, yeah. in a different way. Headship but is a functional role. That is why okay. we need to under, but we have to be very careful. But like I said, the issue is that the words that we use in the world and the words that we use yeah, in the, the definitions the have changed in yeah. the Bible mm, are the same, yeah, yeah. but they don't the, mean definitions the are different. Yeah. So the thing is that when when if I were to say uh, the husband is a servant leader, okay, the woman sitting in the church who now thinks about doesn't takes takes the word leader out completely out of her mind and thinks that okay now I got it now my husband has to serve me that's not what it means. That's mm. not what it means. Yes, he has to serve her wherever he can to make life easy. But basically, when it comes to home, she's the one who's serving him. But he serves her in different ways. When he goes out and works mm. and he works out, he's actually serving her. Yep. Who's the, the core thing about it is that when mm. a man in the secular realm, when he goes to work, he should be very, very, very clear. I'm not a career-oriented man. I'm not an ambitious man. Let God um, lift me up. But my real motive for working is one, the glory should go to God out of my achievements and I'm working for my family. I'm working for my family. That's what I'm working for. I'm working for my family. That's the key. Once he gets that, then you know what? He's serving her. Mm. He's serving her. And she's serving him. <laughs> that is servant leadership. Okay. Because otherwise, women get it, sometimes get it wrong because sometimes you feel like, you know, okay, okay, my husband doesn't do anything for me. That is not true. Some mm. of them have to ask, doesn't your husband work? Yeah. Doesn't he make enough? Yes. Doesn't he bring it home? Yes. Do you lack anything? So why do you say he doesn't serve you? Just because he doesn't make chai for you? But he doesn't have to make chai for you. You can make chai for you. You can make chai for him. He's still serving you. No, don't take everything literally. What I do, but that, 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 it's on reasons. Parameters are different. Functions are different. There are a lot, a lot of things. There are a lot of things I don't, I don't, don't do. And if I do, it doesn't make any difference to me. Okay, so everybody will immediately say, "Oh, okay, pastor does this for his wife." So everybody has to do. But no, no, it doesn't have to. Is he working? Is he working? Imagine I'm not a pastor, I'm in the secular realm. I'm going to work at 8 in the morning and come back at 8.30 in the night. I won't be able to do half the things which I do now. I've got time on my hand. So I do it. So don't take it and run with it. Because people don't understand how these things work. Okay, yet, 
we do not uh, you need to understand the work at home also is not easy it's very difficult yeah, thing, yeah. when yeah. we who have been men who have done it all when we were alone realize keeping a house clean is not easy <laughs> keeping a, a cooking is not easy cleaning up after that is not easy and if you are the, the child is left with you and the wife has gone for two days it is not easy these things are all difficult so therefore be very very balanced in it because i go to work in a secular realm and work my work is worth more than yours because at the end of the day i bring money you bring trouble no no that is where the problem comes because some men don't realize don't see the value of the work the woman does at home because she is not generating income then what happened is that we starting evaluating work in terms of money this is where the issues come in no the man comes in he should appreciate the work she has done though it has in generated money it has generated something more than of eternal value than money can you only generated money but she generated something more than that so they are equal in terms of value meaning if you go to first peter chapter 3 verse 7 this is how value system is found Okay, the husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as a weaker vessel, and as to being heirs together. They're together. They're both heirs. They're both heirs. In eternity, this is not going to work like that. Oh, she's a woman, so she's going to be a woman forever, and she won't have. No, it doesn't work like eternity. There is no male or female. It doesn't work. That's why if you go to Galatians three twenty six, mm. right, right, Galatians. Okay, yeah, twenty-six, twenty-eight. You can twenty-eight, twenty-nine. There is neither Jew nor Greek, nay, slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. The first proof of that you are heirs according to the promise is the spirit that is given to the woman and to the man is the same, same. the same Holy Spirit. and he works in them differently according to their function but when it comes to inheritance it's the same mm. she can rule he can rule she may rule he may not rule he may rule she may not rule mm. when you are judged you are judged according to your function and your roles over here that's how it works so, so eternity it's a different thing it's a ball game is completely different in eternity but that is our challenge the challenge for man in in it in this temporal life we are called in his race his challenge is to love his wife as christ jesus loved the church and gave himself mm. that is his challenge one what he has to do and how he has to do both is there what and how the challenge for the wife is to submit to the husband in all things as unto the lord as actually christ submitted to his father in all things this is the challenge if you understand this and you run accordingly that's how you will inherit the man is going to judge how he loved his wife and did he give himself for her the woman is going to be judged whether she submitted to her husband in all things as christ submitted to the father so both are called to die and not to live Mm. If you look at it, Jesus says, no, "Unless no, a seed falls to no, the no, ground and, and dies, dies. Mm. so man is called to die to self-life. Mm. The woman is called to die to self-life. Now, in some cases, the man does, the woman doesn't. He will still get his crown. 
even if he doesn't get anything from the wife <laughs> in some cases the woman does in many cases actually the woman does and the man doesn't she will still get her crown so that is where you cannot follow a principle for principle's sake you have to bring god in and you have to bring eternity in otherwise you will not last if you want to last anything you have to bring god and eternity in if joseph has to say to mrs potiphar the reason is god it is n- the reason is not mrs potiphar or even mr potiphar because mr potiphar can say it is okay the reason is god so you have to bring something eternal into it if if daniel has to say no in the babylonian court it has to be something eternal it cannot be something temporal this is our issue we are looking at a principle but we are not bringing the eternal mm. into it if you bring the eternal into it you will realize there is power released there is power released so anything that you do at a personal level to family level to church level to workplace level or a national level like we asked about america yeah you have to bring god in all your policies all your programs will not succeed unless you bring god in you have to bring god in and then look at what does god expect if you want restoration what should god do simple Amen. thing the race intercessors hallelujah let them intercede for the nation that is the key i found one man so if you found one man he will stay his hand he will do two things either he will stay like he did with moses moses stood there in the gap and he interceded so god said okay i will not kill them let them live for another 38 years if i am right yes, 38, 38 years. years they let he gave them 38 years they wandered around did not fulfill anything but they ate well they never defeated they had their rebellion they got defeated but they were never defeated by the enemy they had a cushy life for 38 <laughs> years because one man stood in the gap or in abraham's case Abraham stood in the gap interceded and the bible says when judgment came god took lot and his family out so intercession will work one way or the other either god will hold his hand and he will give you a different life hold it for some time or he will pull you out of that situation judgment will come but he will take you out of it you will not be part of that judgment that is what intercessors do so everywhere we have to look for a solution what does god say in this matter what did god say I am a man what did god say I'm a husband what did god say I'm a father what did god say I'm a child what did god say you have to go back to that yes I'm a woman what did god say I'm a daughter what did god say I'm a wife what did god say I'm a mother what did god say I'm an employee what did god say if you don't bring eternity in it it will not last every person who ran and finished well he brought eternity in amen and they got into the picture and said lord this is what you say I am true I am weak. I cannot do this. I need you, Lord. God says, "I'm there for you." I didn't tell you. If you could do it by yourself, I wouldn't tell you. You can't do it by yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, mm. But you can do it through me. You can do it through me. So, you die, I love. It will work out. We'll close there. Amen. Amen. Thank you for the questions. It was very nice. Mm-hmm. Super questions. questions. It came from all around, from mm. US to Australia to everywhere. These questions came. Yeah, we'll close in prayer. Father, we just want to thank you once again for this time that you've given to us. Thank you, Lord, that you've, Lord, spoken to our hearts in this format, Lord, even more clearly, even more precisely. 
Lord, we've come, we've come to the brass tags of everything, O oh Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you, that Lord, your God who does not um, just deal in the, with the generalities, but you deal with the specifics, and we want to thank you for the specifics that you have taught, taught, us, taught us this evening. And I pray, Lord, even as we have heard, I pray, Lord, faithful arise. Yes, Lord, we will always bring God into the picture, and we'll never forget the eternal perspective in anything that we do, O Lord, that this life that we live out over here, O Lord, is only a temporary life, a seed for a much more eternal fruit. And therefore, I pray that all of us in different capacities and different roles, O Lord, we will find our place and we will find, we will, uh, Father, fall in order, and Lord, and therefore be fruitful wherever you place us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you to the and I pray that you'll bless us and Lord, continue to, Lord, minister to us and prepare us, O Lord, for the days to come. And even for tomorrow, Lord, if you, Lord, for uh, the service, we pray, Lord, that we will all be found in the house of the Lord on time. And Lord, receive from you, worship you, hear, hear your word and be strengthened and be prepared for the days ahead. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. See you tomorrow.